We've been talking this week about self-esteem. It's very elusive in a culture that defines it by what you wear, what you have, or how many friends you can collect. What is self-esteem? How do we help enhance our child's self-esteem? You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J. and self-esteem is tied to so much that we do. And right now I'm just thinking of our social networking and how we even find our worth in how many Facebook friends we have. And now we even have the like button and there's talks about the development of the dislike button, which will eventually crush so many people's feelings and even some self-esteem it's amazing the power that we give to other people we have this little self-esteem remote control that we walk around and we hand it off to idiots uh we (laughs) hand it off to people in the highway who are rude we hand it off to people who work in stores who treat us like we're invisible and we shouldn't do that and it's all an issue of how i define me and it's the same with my children and especially in the social networking as parents we need to Stay on top of that. We need to watch that, and we need to ask questions. How did that make you feel? Because I know you're awesome, but how does that make you feel? We have an emailer asked a question. Her name is Maria, and her son Josh uh, is just an awesome kid. And uh, what does she do about you know people that hurt his feelings with comments? And Josh reminds me of my son, Roby. I mean, he's very awesome, brilliant, and very sensitive. He actually cared about people, and when people hurt his comments, and I've got to listen to that. I've got to, well, how did that make you feel? Why did that hurt your feelings? But then I've got to go deeper, and I know he didn't get it for a lot of years, but he's a senior pastor today, and he needed it in his early ministry. Mm -hmm. Why would you let that person define you? Why would you let that person hurt your feelings? That's their opinion. Hey, they might not like steak. Who knows? When we, I like steak. And so what they said about you or how they handled that, that's them. You cannot let them get you mad, and here's the deal. And there's a great lesson in this. You must forgive, Matthew 6 says, or you'll be not forgiven. Mm. Let it go. Do not let them get you angry. My dad always tells the story about my middle and high school years. I had horrible years. I would never really? repeat those. Yeah, really? most people would. Well, I hate well, most. I, I think it's harder on females. Probably. I think there's not as many definitions for females as there are for guys. And you're supposed to be instantly a woman and beautiful you, you pl- unfortunately you play with barbie and then you want to be barbie and there is no barbie she looks, yeah well she looks changing. like an ant anyway there's nobody <laughs> with a body like that but it sets such bad body image in the life of little middle school mm-hmm. girls and so yes it's set up to defeat you but i got picked on a lot little comments here and there and being a goody two-shoe i'm the teacher's pet and i was just trying to be a good kid i mean even for my my king sis my 15s latin party which i had to have because of all my friends i invited all the popular kids from school because we sat at the lunch table even though i was the quiet one and uh, we had a great time they all showed up all the popular kids showed up i couldn't even believe it when i walked in the room and on monday one of the older popular guys walks up he says you know i just want to say thanks uh, for inviting us we had such a good time and to think we all went because we felt bad for you oh so it crushed me crushed me oh. for months and so it, it that was my high those were my high school years so would i repeat them no but i remember my dad always saying don't worry this is not the time in your life where everything that they tell you is going to define who you are things are going to change in the future you change as a person this is not all of life Mm. and uh, that's all i remember him telling me uh, but it seemed to work i just remember praying god if you do anything with my life i will tell everyone that high school is not the end of the world so i love it so i remember telling roby and tori is there anybody in in your class that you don't even know their name yes 
And is there anybody in your class you don't know their name and no one really talks to them or about them? Oh, yeah, Dad, there's a lot of those kids. Okay, really. So they're talking about you negatively. Why? Because uh, they don't like us. Well, I don't know that. But let's let's talk. Why, if they don't bother with anybody else, are they talking about you or to you like this? I got to say, and you're not going to believe me, but I got to say I really know why. They're jealous. They're jealous. Hmm. You've taken a stand. You're doing this. You're doing that. Now, you don't have to believe that if you don't want. And you can imagine that I was never in middle school or high school, which I was. I've uh, been there. In fact, I did high school a little longer than most people do high school. <laughs> and But end of the day, I get it. And uh, you will get it one day, too. You know where you're going. And so as long as you know where you're going, they cannot impact you. As a matter of fact, when they realize that they don't impact you, they'll move on to somebody else they're jealous of. They're jealous because you're not in their group. You're not affirming their group. You're not doing whatever. I mean, I, I kind of faced that with my fraternity in college when I came to Christ. Uh, and I had never been in the door of a church till sophomore year of college, ever wow. even. It was not in our DNA. And I came to Christ. Rosemary led me to Christ. She wouldn't date me. So she, I guess she figured I might as well lead him to Christ. <laughs> And uh, and so in the process there, I became a changed person. It was a long process, and my fraternity had a late-night meeting about me, you know, what to do with him. He's not fun. He's sober or whatever it is. And initially, I, I was devastated. I was the president. Initially, I was devastated. It was two friends that said, can't you see? They're you found your way. You hmm. found your way. You found something that hasn't been found yet. And one of those who said that to me, Johnny, was not a believer at the time. I think we have to make the statements your dad made, knowing they won't get it yet, they won't get it yet, they won't get it yet. I also think I need to realize our tendency is, you know what, I'm going to buy them something cool and show those kids. I'm going to get them something cool and I'm going to show them those kids. I'm going to cave in on my principles of I wasn't going to pay that much money for those really cool jeans, but I'm going to do that. Because then we're feeding into if you have more, you're more valuable. We're feeding into self-worth comes from net worth, and we have to be very careful of that in this culture today. Uh, so don't buy into it. Spend time. Listen to their heart. Don't don't just, oh, give me a break, Tori. It'll all be okay later. you got to listen to it. If you have a story uh, from your past, and I'll tell you some of the coolest things. If you have a picture of you <laughs> when you're in middle school. If you're to, willing to yes, take that out. If, you're, if you haven't burned all the pictures <laughs> of how ridiculous your hair looked in middle school to show your kids. Because what we don't realize, uh, and we don't realize this, but our kids think we're cool. We don't realize it. We yeah. think our kids think we're horrible and out of it, and they use those phrases to get what they want. But, you know, we generally know where we're going. If you pull out a picture of you, and I pulled out a picture of me, I don't even know what grade it was, but my neck was about a quarter inch around, and uh, it was hilarious. And they are out of control on the ground laughing. Uh, and it just helped them to realize, wow, Dad, you got through that? Uh, so I, I, I think it I think it's very helpful, but we have to listen uh, because yes, there it's devastating and middle school is devastating. And now we're getting ready to open an elementary school children's home wow. because yeah, to have a child in fifth grade leave home and come with us, but it's so devastating that with low self esteem, children are being encouraged even almost manipulated to do things that uh, 10 years ago middle schoolers were doing. And 10 years before that, we had a high school home 10 years before that, high schoolers were doing. And a lot of this is parent-child relationship. And a lot of this means maybe mom and dad need to do a lot less stuff and listen to a lot less input on you need to sign them up for this. And we need to spend a lot more time at home doing things together and enhancing their self-esteem. Now, what if your child is being made fun of at school? It's hurting their self-esteem 
I mean, there's only so much you can do also as parents. You can uh, solidify, obviously, their relationship with God, help them be as confident as they can be. But there's only so much you could say to the child. I was uh, in eighth grade. I entered a beauty contest. I was the first one cut. I remember I was the first one cut, and I don't even remember what my mom said. She just hugged me as I cried for hours. Mm. I was so embarrassed. First one cut off the end, then my my nemesis or my high school rival was the one who ended up winning, and it was like that for years. And my parents, I don't know what they said, but they just cried with me, yeah. and they they just said, this is not the end. But sometimes don't you get to a point, like my parents did, there's nothing really to say, just that failure is not the end of the world absolutely and you're gonna make it and, and i still love you and you're still here and I, and I think the pep talk can wait till later i think you can do what your parents did you remember the hug they may have said that but you remember the hug mm-hmm. which really meant in the hug you're being first one cut is our cut too we're all cut mm-hmm. and that's why we're hugging you we're not distancing ourselves we're hugging you when jesus got cut peter distanced himself and the interesting thing is uh, he all of a sudden then was all insecure. And the beautiful thing is there's an inclination that Peter looked at him when the crow made the noise for the third time. And uh, the rooster, it wasn't a crow, it was a rooster. Yes, thank you. I got my birds the wrong. The rooster crow. Yes. And he, he looked out there and it was very, it, it was just, I love you. Mm-hmm. And then when Jesus on the cross, I, you know, Father, forgive him. I think that those are the hug times. But I think as a parent, before I get to asking God, why did this happen? Why did this happen to this child? I need to know if all things work together for good. And if God would permit such a devastating failure here in whatever you think was devastating. I think it's cool you signed up. But if you, I wouldn't have signed up. But if you, I think it's cool you signed up. I always up. signed up for so many competitions yeah, I and I lost every time. But I think that's cool. I think that's cool. You know, I, I remember the people we have brought in here to do radio with you. <laughs> and they're very competent, master's level, awesome, and and uh, and yet they get in front of this piece of metal and they die, and nothing <laughs> comes out of their mouth, and you just go with the flow, and this is, I mean, you are awesome at this. So I, I, I think God permits failure for our growth. Success and winning is a nice experience. Failure is a great trainer. But what your parents did there is they came alongside and they shared the failure. They shared the failure rather than stomping off, meet me at the car, Mm -hmm. you know, because of the way you played in that soccer game. Mm -hmm. They shared the failure. I think that's it. The Hinckley's, John Hinckley's parents shared the failure and sat behind him in court for that trial for him shooting the president. I shared the failure. I think that's all I want. Am I alone? If I'm alone, mom, I'm a middle school girl and I still look like an elementary school girl. And now I got these gawky glasses I have to wear. (laughs) I'm so out of it. Help me. And if we share the failure, share the failure, share the failure, and share life, and I love you, and there's nothing you can do to cause me to lose that, and you bet, mark my words, that child will work hard to try to validate that. Really, there is no behavior I can do, no rudeness I can do to cause you to not love me. Now, I may not like you at this moment, but I will always love you. Mm. On that note, how about comments sometimes where your child really does completely disappoint you? Mm. I mean, and you have to... You have to draw the line and say, you know, I am very disappointed in you. I mean, that's a very shameful phrase alone. But how far do you go with shame and how much does it affect self-esteem? I'm very disappointed with this behavior. I'm very disappointed with what you've done. Uh, I must play a part in it somewhere and we're going to look at it. And there is a consequence for this. And you know what the consequence is. But I will always love you. I will always love you. 
You know, I, I don't know. I imagine there's significant times when God's disappointed in my decisions. Uh, yeah, All of ours. Yeah, and yet he still loves me. I think I've got to blend it. I'm not sure that I would make it, and we're mincing words here, but I'm not sure I would pull together the, the both the things I'm disappointed in you. I'd be disappointed in their behavior. I walked into the house one evening late, and Tori and Roby, uh, she was probably 12, he was 9, they were working Rosemary over, and they were rude. And she had gotten herself in a little bit of a hole as I came in behind them uh, into the kitchen. Tori and Roby didn't see me there for a second. Uh, they didn't hear the garage door open, whatever it was. And I walked in, and they were rude to her. And uh, I really couldn't believe what I was hearing because that's sit down and write a 50-word note of apology time. But Rosemary, and because she's beautiful and intellectual and a mush, she had let it go too far. <laughs> and I took the two of them by the arm, and I sat them down at the, on the couch. And I said, I am incredibly disappointed in what I heard right now. Tori, this is not a time to say one word right now. Let me just say this to you. I am disappointed in what I heard. I am disappointed that you would talk to your mother like that, but more than anything on planet Earth, I am incredibly disappointed that you would talk to my wife like that, and that will never happen again. And I I looked at him. They both looked at each other and hugged each other and burst into tears crying. <laughs> yes, it was awesome. I loved every nice minute of it. Nice bonding sibling yes. moments. And then they went and wrote their 50-word note of apology to her, nice. each of them. But I stayed there at the table. And when they got done writing those notes of apology, I'm in. Love I'm you. in. You guys are awesome. Uh, what do you want to do? And Tori was in a little bit of a bad mood. And Roby said, let's get in the pool. Let's play pool basketball, which is an interesting way because he touches me a lot there. He's all over my back. Are we okay? Can I hold you? And I looked over at Tori and she said, I don't want to. She hated playing. I don't want to play. I said, I need you. I need you on my team. I need you to be out there. And she went out and she had a great time. But I, I will deal with the behavior. And they will really subconsciously push, how much do you really love me? We're finding out today. And I'm on your team. That's why I'm this vested. I'm on your team. That's why I'm helping. But I will always love you. And it's not about your performance. I will always love you. I'm just going to help you with effort. I will always love you. And when we walk off those soccer fields and you lost the game and it was your fault that you lost the game, it's okay. You want to talk about it? Fine. I will always love you. Effort. We're here for effort. I will always love you. You know why? Because Jesus loved me enough to forgive me of everything. How can I not forgive you of anything? You've been listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries, finishing a week talking about self-esteem. If you want more information about Sheridan House Family Ministries or resources about this topic of self-esteem, you can find them online at shfm.org. All proceeds go to help also the ministry, so anything you get there will help the ministry. That's online at shfm.org. You can also listen to this broadcast all over again, share it with some friends, read the blog, even sign up to get it daily in your email box. You can get that online at parentingtoday.org. That's parentingtoday.org. We hope you'll join us next week for another edition and another topic here on Parenting Today. Today.